0: Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano.
1: Hello guys, welcome to another episode of the Commerce Lab by EcomC, the place of eight and related to Amazon FBA private label e-commerce. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of EcomC. and today I bring a, a very close friend of mine, Amit, who is the founder of Provox, which is an amazing platform and solution when it comes to dealing with everything around international shipments. So that's why today I wanted to bring Amit, because he's an expert on the topic, and we're going to be talking about what is currently happening in the Amazon space when it comes to shipment, the rates, some tips, and basically as much value as possible. So whenever you're doing international shipments, uh, we can make sure you're doing the, the most efficient way when it comes to uh, the strategy you're implementing. So Amit, it's a pleasure to have you here. How are you doing, my friend?
2: Yeah, I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity, Vincenzo. Like, uh, thank you. And uh, I'm
1: fine. Yeah, thank you, you for being here. How about here? yourself? Be good, good. To be honest, uh, you know, being very busy as, as you as well. And uh, We're yeah. actually just talking about this coming week uh, and two following weeks, actually, in June, are going to be quite crazy for us. Uh, right. We have a lot of, uh, you know, events a show, but, you know, it's part of the business. And, and I think at the same time, it's very exciting because we get to know, people in the space. Actually, that's how we met in Barcelona. And I think that's the beauty of this. You create partnerships that I think are super valuable in the personal and business of things. So definitely thank you for for being here, man. Um, Now, let's get started with today's episode. I think uh, I first want to touch a little bit about you because I know you have a very interesting uh, background how you jump into everything and, and where you gain all the expertise when it comes to you know dealing with international achievements and, and all that and, and what brought you to fund your company. So maybe can you give us a little bit about that and, and then we jump into the topic, yeah? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So I'm 41 years of age uh... Basically, I was, like, born and raised into the logistics world all of my, uh, like, all of my life, even though I tried, like, for part, like, for a few years to do something else, that we, I will tell you later. But in general, <laughs> like, my father had, like, a trucking company and then, like, a my. freight forwarding company. So I was literally born, like...
1: Yes, in the blood, you know, yeah yeah in yeah. my
2: blood and like truck drivers took me like to mm-hmm. trips all over the all over israel and so on so i really born into that and like about five years ago i was working in like my company like my family firm company doing mainly import and export from and to israel and nothing to do with amazon e-commerce and okay. like five years ago like a very good friend of my brother, which is now my partner uh, with the business, sent us like a message, Listen, you have like, uh, you have a segment called Amazon Sellers. They're doing the freight forwarding. They manufacture mainly in China and they ship to FBA. So we really, I really didn't have, besides knowing like logistics in general, vessels, shipping lines, mm-hmm. et cetera. I didn't really had any idea what's the difference or what I'm going to basically jump into, uh, try to figure out something like try to find the first customer, second customers did honestly, like a trial on them mm-hmm. because I have no idea what's is the, like what's like the operation in that regard. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And and we, we start there and we grew like dramatically for the few late, like five years. Okay. And on last January, uh, mainly for two reasons, uh, we did a rebranding. Like we, we split this, the Amazon segment from our like main main company, Rosenthal company, and we split it to two activities. Nice. And we changed and rebranding the company to Provox. So... Mm-hmm. The idea behind it was that we're working also with few aggregators on the space. And now there is a huge difference, uh, Vincenzo, if we're talking about like new seller, five figure seller, six yeah. or above. So, as much bigger you are as a seller, if you're running multiple SKUs and if you are like an aggregator or uh, multiple brand owners,
1: mm-hmm.
2: eventually it's it's complex uh, yes. to have like control of all of your logistics chain. Where are your shipments, yeah. getting quotes and so on. So I just today had like a call with two like seven-figure sellers. Uh, both of them said, listen, regardless you send, save us $100 on the shipping cost, most valuable for us is the time. So as long as we are able to like, yeah. insert our shippers
0: and time is money.
2: So, so. Details, yeah, time is money. <laughs> Insert our skew details, can generate quotes much more efficiently. Yeah, That's no, much no. more valuable than like saving, saving a few here. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm not saying it's like saving, like, I'm not saying saving a few dollars here or there is not important, but we have to take on the bigger picture. On And that feedback, basically, we try like we build like a platform that is for. Amazon sellers and from Amazon sellers and it basically should benefit Amazon sellers to have much more efficient, uh, logistics process. Now I know there is a lot of like competitors of mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Folders that also started to build like digital platforms, yeah. which is great because I think as much, much more we have, the competition is better yeah. and correct. we try to be even better all the time. So eventually. Something which, in my opinion, very important to to emphasize is that you can all, not you like Vincenzo a seller always can find like a cheaper alternative with a Chinese folder, all right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. coming from a position of like years of years of experience in logistics, one thing I can say honestly that in logistics. All the shit is happening all the time, right? I know <laughs> because we as a freight folder have basically zero control on the freight yeah. from Difficult. start to finish. Like the mm-hmm. shipping company, the ports, a lot of like sub, subcontractors along the way. Yeah. We we are just running the operation right behind the scenes. So with that said, a good freight folder should be like someone that you can approach to them, have a the flexibility to change things along the line. And that's, in my opinion, much more important than like saving, save you fifty dollars on on yes. a specific shipment. So, on that, I think that's something that I emphasize to my team all the time, and we always try to be like to bring content, to bring value, yes, and, and, and to share our knowledge with our customers, so they will be able to plan better their logistics, mm. and eventually saving costs uh, by that. So that's something, in my opinion, better.
1: yeah. Super important, yeah. I totally agree. I think when it comes to these things, and um, we actually had this conversation as well. It's like, yes, you could be saving maybe a few hundred dollars here and there, maybe with your Chinese manufacturer. But the reality is, customer service is zero. You don't really have uh, a communication link with that person, and if something happens, they are not really there to support you. You don't really right. have a platform to go to, and I think that's a, the massive value you bring to to market w- with your service. You know, because it's not only the service; it's also the platform that you have, which is one of the top platform in the space right now when it comes to shipment, And yeah. yes, I feel, especially if we do a lot of shipments and you delegating multiple brands and all that, is game changer because I feel like trying to do all this manually on an Excel, <laughs> you're going to get crazy. I'm for
0: it's sure crazy. you're going to do
1: a, a lot of mistakes. Um, now... With all this, uh, now that we're talking about shipments and, and, and all that, I think the, the very interesting question that I would like to bring to the table is what is the current situation right now when it comes to inter- international uh, freight forwarding? Because I know with everything that happened during COVID and so on, prices went up, then it went down again, and then you know th- there's been some fluctuation around there. So what have you seen happening when it comes to the costs? Have you seen them going back to normal? What are some predictions you see in the coming eight years maybe when it comes to what is going to happen with the gas after everything that happened with COVID. Yeah.
2: Right. So that's, a, that's maybe the question. In the logistics <laughs> I
1: know, I know, I know.
2: Uh, I, I can honestly say that like, I lost like <laughs> I <know. laughs> 70% of my hair the past two years, mainly <laughs> because of like <laughs> what happened during the COVID. So there is really a difference, like from a point of view. So from mm-hmm. a freight point of view, like my company did revenue in 2022, like never before, and I don't yeah, I see this even happened mm-hmm. because, like, if we're taking just the ocean freight, I would just give some comparison. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, before the COVID, the ocean yeah. freight. Now I'm talking only port to port only, mm-hmm. okay? Port to port only for 40 high cube, and 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 for let's say for LCL. So for LCL. Going from China to West Coast, the ocean mm-hmm. freight was around 90 to $100 per CBM cubic meter. Okay. And for 40 high cube, it was something about like $1,500 mm-hmm. ocean freight port to port only.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: During the COVID and during the highest, like the highest cost we saw, same line exactly, like same route exactly, LCL was almost like $500 per CBM. <laughs> And like Ocean Freight 40 IQ port-to-port port was around like eighteen to $19,000, wow, right? So Good. think about like my company, I, I I used to sell like $100 per CBM, let's say we have 10 CBM, it's like a $1,000, same yeah. exact equipment was $5,000,
1: right. and I'm
2: not mm-hmm. even talking about food containers. So that was for us, it was super like, it was an amazing, amazing feeling in that sense, mm-hmm. but Operation-wise, was like a nightmare, a nightmare, yeah. a, nightmare yeah. a nightmare. Because like vessel was like there was a, such a congestion at Los Angeles port, which is the main mm-hmm. port coming from China. Vessel used to like anchored outside of the port, like sometimes twenty days, thirty yeah. days, forty days, fifty days, and we as a freight forwarder have nothing to do. And client just didn't understand it. Why it's taking forty days to vessel enter to the port? Like, what? Yeah. Do, what can we do? So, all of the supply chain was basically uh, collapsed dramatically, and that was basically made like beside beside the ocean freight that was like cutting like the seller margin dramatically.
1: Mm-hmm. A lot, there yeah. was an the
2: operational side of like you you just out of stock, but yeah, the only thing maybe that like. It was good in that sense that it's not just you as a seller. Mm-hmm. It was even Nike and Walmart, all of the biggest them. like retailers in the world, like had the same exact issue. So, yeah. That's being said, once the let's say starting 2022, uh, when the, like the COVID started to be much better and stability mm-hmm. in that sense, the ocean freight started decrease because eventually mm-hmm. it's like a game of like. Uh,
1: uh, supply and demand, demand basically supply and yeah. demand, yeah
2: so mm-hmm. the demand decreased so the ocean mm-hmm. freight decreased so like two to three months ago ocean freight basically or even six months ago ocean freight decreased again to the same level that it was back like normal. 20, yeah, back in to, uh, 2019 again mm-hmm. ocean freight like LCL rate to west coast is about $100 per CBM and ocean freight port to port for 40 IQ was around $1,400, $1,500. So okay. ocean freight level again, now it was increased a little bit like the yeah. past two weeks to a month, mm-hmm. but relatively say it's quite stable. Now it's okay. very hard to determine what's going to be the ocean freight in the next like six months or so, because it's a lot about political and yes. geopolitical like uh, issues such as the war between ukraine and russia and so on Mm -hmm. but in sense of like i don't see let's say if there's if there is going to be an increase i don't see it more like like 15 to 20 percent so it's not going to be a game changer yeah Uh, maybe maybe the rate maybe the rate will impact a little bit like your margin, right? Instead of I don't know, zero point three dollar per unit or zero point four dollar per unit, it's increased to zero point five. Mm-hmm. But it's not gonna be a game changer that okay, I don't have any margin here, I'm losing. Yeah, uh, it's not
1: like gonna be dollar. like COVID area. Yeah, yeah, And, so, I, I, and I think yeah, yeah. I, I think something I wanted to add just to which I think maybe you agree with this because you are in this space. I feel with all the struggle you guys went through and the difficulties. A lot of companies and uh, and ports and all that—they have really optimized much more their processes now. The way they work and everything, because of the struggle they went through COVID. And and I agree with you. Maybe if another event like this will have to happen, I feel now we are a little bit more prepared now because we know now how to navigate it somehow. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I, can, yeah. I can I can I can give like two insights, the things that I saw during this time. First of all many 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 sellers just stopped being a seller anymore because mm-hmm. like they had like losses and losses and yeah, losses and they have to and they have to like stop selling or stop being a seller. Second thing that was that like big sellers that had like the opportunity just to stay in the water or above the water mm-hmm. and staying in stock they had like huge orders, right? They import huge, huge, huge quantity because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to be out of stock because of Of the port congestion issue. And then later on, they just didn't have like any inventory to ship. So for me, it was bad. Mm -hmm. And for a seller point of view, they had to pay like a lot of like storage fee at Mm -hmm. at the US side or wherever uh, to maintain the, the stock level. But I think now these days things become much more stability and generally term like the operation is going smooth like at least from what yep. i see and what i'm talking to sellers
1: good and now i know before we're also jumping to the podcast we we're talking about you have some amazing tips when it comes to saving in international trade, which i know people are going to find very useful because i feel a lot of times the reason why people are overpaying is also because they are doing their wrong things in terms of a you know the way they prepare the shipments, uh, the way they classify the products, etc. And I think it will be interesting that you can give us some insights because yeah, every single time sometimes we we see what our clients are doing with the shipments. It's like, yeah, you're just trying so much money down the, the drain and for sure there are a lot of things you can improve. So maybe you can tell us a little about about that. I know we have um something you wanted to uh touch on right regarding tips for that yeah
2: I, I i will i will go through that one second i just want to like uh here we go i just want to mention one thing mm-hmm. is that like for us like you know vincenzo we've been together in uh, conferences and most likely we will be meet together in <laughs> no, a in lot the no. space <laughs> Freight forwarding business is not something that's too much interesting for Amazon sellers. Yes, because you course. have PPC, you have launching mm-hmm. products, you have multiple mm-hmm. things to, to handle. But I think like in terms of freight forwarding, sellers don't even want to try to learn and study from freight forwarders and from experienced people. So in that sense, I think eventually we saw you know, with Pobox, we're getting the same questions all the time. So we try to build something that Basically, we'll be able to give like sellers, you know, small tips, maybe to think about when they're like organizing their shipment, talking to their supplier and so on. For sure. So if we can, I, I would try to go through this quickly. Yeah, and and, and, and if you if you agree, Vincenzo, we can share the PDF with your audience. Yes,
1: I'm going we'll sure to make sure that everything you're seeing here in the screen for our listeners, just go to the description of the episode. I'm going to put your link to this PDF. Yeah.
2: Great. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, this is just in general, all right? So nothing here. Uh, all right. So first tip is plan your freight using a conservative and pessimistic point of view. So mm-hmm. why in logistics anything can happen? Meaning planning your logistics in the hope, in the hope everything will go smoothly leaving no room for error is the first perspective mm-hmm. in definition can ev- uh, eventually trip a seller up. So Vincenzo, I'm sure you can agree with me. Eventually the yeah. end goal of any seller is to be in stock all the time so they can yeah. sell their products, right? So sure. we faced many, many, many ex- uh, incidents with like sellers, that like they're going again and again. I have nothing against Chinese folder, okay? But mm-hmm. Chinese folders will say and do anything in order to, secure <laughs> any shipping, okay? I've so heard. they will say, for example, okay, shipment going from China to, I don't know, uh, to Dallas is 24 days, and we will quote it by 35 days, and the seller will go with the 24 days. But what they didn't know, they didn't consider at least fa- seven to 10 days. Be, between pick up the, mm-hmm. the goods from the supplier and until, and until the vessel actually departed, okay, at least seven to 10 days. They didn't concern delays. They didn't concern whatever, okay? I so instead of being like 24 days, it's taking 50 days, right? Or 45 days. So me as a company owner and somebody that wants to help our seller, we always say, listen, Try to take the pessimistic side, right? <laughs> Let's say the shipment will take 40 days. If it will be 35 days, great. If it will be 42 days, nothing happened. Okay, mm-hmm. so we are always trying to give like the client go with the Some room, basically. Side. Yeah, a room yeah. for error, exactly. Right. For sure. So that's on that. Uh, second tip will be. Searching for new product to develop. uh, Make sure you verify and advance your product HTS code Mm. in 50 percentage with custom broker at the specific marketplace.
1: Super important.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that's, I think, is super, super essential. Why? Each product uh, in the world has a unique HTS code that stands for harmonized tariff schedule a classification system used to help determine customs duties to be paid on imports same product mm-hmm. can suffer from a different duty percentage in a different marketplace so here is the situation right many many sellers go to their uh, chinese folders get an hts code from a chinese folder mhm they don't know what's going to be the duty, right? <laughs> they're starting produ- to pro- uh, produce, the are pro- going to production line, they're starting to pro- yeah. produce the product. They don't check the HTS code, they don't verify what's going to be the duty percentage. Then they import the goods into the States, for example. Boom, uh, 27% duty, right? Yeah. So you didn't consider this when you calculated your, your margin and your profit. And then you have to pay, like, I don't know, five thousand dollars just on duty, right? That's so, it. you're in negative, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, that's something that happened a lot, a lot, a lot. Mm-hmm. And by the way, like, I don't want to jump too much now to DDP, DDU, mm-hmm. what is better, what is worse, but even if you're doing DDP, the HTS code will have an effect on your final, on your final, mm-hmm. on your final ocean freight, okay? So, verify. Your HTS code with a freight forwarder with this compliance department before before you starting manufacture you manufacture your product. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, is essential because eventually you want to know your overall cost and not just your job. yeah.
1: Especially if you if you're gonna sell in the US with the Trump tariff and all that, I mean, this can be a killer. Sometimes you see people that they do pro research and they find there is no competitors or anybody selling this product. And most of the time, it's because of that. Like when you check the HTS code, it's like if you import this product, there's no way you're gonna make money. So very exactly. important. Exactly. Sure. And I have to
2: give I have to give like uh, Vincenzo another small example on that. Like I'm not sure if you know what does it mean. Even anti-dumping products, it's, it really doesn't matter now. Okay, but I give you an example on like one of my biggest client, which is in like aggregator on the space, mm-hmm. well-known aggregator. Yeah. They had a product. They re- send us a request to ship this product. They purchase yep. this product, okay? They send us a request to purchase this product, and uh, our like our broker said this, and this is anti-dumping product, and it required mm. like it will affect like more than two hundred, so more than two hundred percent duty on the product. Wow. So they went to other folders on the space, Chinese folders. Everybody came with the same solution, like the same feedback. So I said, listen. I'm sorry to tell you this, but the only thing you have, you maybe can do is go to a different marketplace when it's not going to be classified as yeah. dumping. Otherwise, you know, 200% duty, you have no point, basically. No so, point.
1: Yeah. So that's
2: super, super, super critical. Do verify the HTS code before starting production line. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We go to the next one. So unless your product is fragile or sensitive always export your goods as floor loaded and mm-hmm. why uh, unless your products re- require special care and must be loaded on pallets loading the goods on flow loaded means you're going to help decrease your overall shipping cost. so there is like a specific example here but if i will try okay. to explain it okay normally like folders from China or from wherever, as long as you're doing LCL, not LCL, as long as you're doing LCL, less than container load, we yeah. will load the goods as flow loaded. And the reason for that, that we basically can squeeze more goods into the container and optimize the overall, overall volume, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, if you as a seller ship 100 cartons as a flow loaded, okay? Let's say you're going to have a volume of 10 CBM, okay, as, yeah. as an example. If you put the same 100 cartons on pallets at China or at any origin, the volume will increase automatically, let's say, to 13, 13 CBM, okay? So mm-hmm. if we're saying that the general rep freight cost is $150 per CBM for LCL, so if we added three CBM more, so... Free CBM multiply 150, you're just paying $450 yeah. for nothing, right? Yeah. So there is really no reason for that. So again, if you manufacture and ship from China, from Vietnam, from India, by LCR, and the product is not sensitive of fragile, I would go and ship by flow loaded and save money by that.
1: Awesome. Amazing too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I I bet like there are so many other tricks as well when it comes to also related to this when you when you manufacture to be very clever with your boxes and the shapes and all that. Because I mean, yeah, few centimeters here, a few centimeters there is like a lot of money. Yeah, I I
2: think there is another another tip on that specific. So that yeah, so tip number five is related to what we discussed. So tip number four. Uh, are you selling in the U.S. marketplace? If so, try to send your goods uh, to the West Coast of the U.S. Why? Uh, cost and transit time to West Coast USA are much better and much faster compared to other destination ports in the U.S. So uh, I know I know for a fact that uh, you as a seller, when you're creating a shipping plan, basically you cannot control what's going to be the destination, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But... I'm not in favor or disfavor, but there is some uh, there is some uh, platforms or trips
1: <laughs> to move, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: like yeah, to change the, the you, you know to change yeah. the the, the address they give you, yeah, the address. Yeah. So just to give an example, okay, going like let's talking transit time, transit time. Let's say Shanghai to to Los Angeles, regular ocean freight port-to-port port only is 15 days, uh, Ningbo or Shanghai to New York is 35 days, okay, mm-hmm. so that's a huge difference. Cost-wise, yeah. going to West Coast will be at least, at least 30 to 40 percent lower the cost than compared to the East Coast. So again, I know you don't really can control this point, but if you can And if you know some tricks how to multiply it, so I would try to do it for sure.
1: Awesome, very good tip,
2: yeah. The last one is uh, know your carrier's chargeable weight regulation and try to Mm -hmm. avoid paying a dead freight for no reason. So why? Keep in mind the different carrier has a different uh, TOS. When using UPS or FedEx for ground delivery, make sure your carton physical weight or chargeable weight is at least 10 kilogram and doesn't Mm -hmm. exceed 27 kilo. And why uh, why is it? All right. So many freight forwarders uh, charge, especially if you go by air freight, but also if you ship by by ocean freight, some of them will call it C plus UPS.
0: Okay.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. UPS ground ground service at the U.S. charge a minimum of 10 kilogramme per carton, mm-hmm. physical, or chargeable weight, okay? Now, I don't okay. want to enter into the formula how to calculate your, your chargeable mm-hmm. weight, but I saw many, many cases that the physical weight was, I don't know, 4 kilograms per yeah. box, okay? And the chargeable weight was 7 kilograms per box, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you're taking, for example, now 100 cartons, okay? Okay. And the ocean freight is $2 per kilo for ocean freight, C plus UPS, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So instead of paying like uh, 100 carton multiplied by 7, the chargeable weight is 700 kilogram. 700 yep. multiplied by $2 per kilo is $1,400. Instead of paying mm-hmm. $1,400, eventually you're going to pay 100 cartons multiplied by 10 kilo mm-hmm. per carton 1,000 multiplied two is $2,000 so it's a $600 difference and those Chinese folders will not tell you this in advance once <laughs> the cargo will arrive to their yard they say ah sorry uh, there is a minimum restriction of 10 kilo per carton so yeah. that's something that many 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 sellers even the most experienced ones do not know and by the way to Europe it's tw- 12 kilogram per kilo so yeah. that's so basically
1: Empty, empty weight that you're not using pretty much, and you're exactly. getting for
0: it. exactly, mm-hmm.
2: exactly. That's called in our in our feed It's called dead freight. So that's something I would definitely put a significant on, and not trying to exceed the twenty seven kilogram. Now I know for like as in, from Amazon TOS, uh, it's starting to be like heavy cargo above mm-hmm. twenty five kilogram for UPS. They will just uh, charge us like extra extra weight fee above 27 kilograms so if i can give like a tip on that try always that your master carton will be something between 10 to like 20 22 kilograms per carton maximum
1: nice very good advice yeah i think this Uh, one is super important yeah because i see also uh, i have seen some clients when they're asking for advice on everything regarding uh, shipping and you see their boxes uh yes they don't use the full space and it's like you're paying for weight you're not using is it. is is useless you know. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> but anyway, awesome. So we, but... have, uh, we have
2: much more tips, but uh, that was I think the those that it's most significant. Yeah, one. love that. And I I'm gonna really make sure
1: to to put this on the description so people. I'm pretty sure they wanna reach out and ask you some questions. Um, and that's why I also wanted to you know if you can confirm like where people can reach out to you maybe LinkedIn your website and you can give us that information as well. Now so I can put it down in the description. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, so everybody can contact us uh, either to my personal email at Amit mm-hmm. at with mm-hmm. or checking our website www again XX.co, or Facebook ringing, Just checking PoBox and you will find us uh, as awesome. there for sure
1: or at events for sure in the coming month (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. for those who are coming
2: to Estonia to Israel to Prague to wherever
1: we're gonna see see you there there. yeah (laughs) for sure I mean uh, yeah thank you very much for your time and I appreciate your knowledge and everything you've been sharing today and I'm pretty sure we're gonna do many more like this and and can't wait to meet you you know this week in Estonia yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely thank you thank you see you man have a nice one bye bye see you
0: Thanks for listening to The E-commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at EcomC.